Holy cow, I'm beaming directly to you through the internet. What a technological marvel. Why don't you enjoy the internet and beam yourself to people with Squarespace? They let you build a website. Isn't that exciting? It is. They also have beautiful templates. They have support to get you the right domain name you want. Everything you could ask for in the process of building a website, they are the people to do it with. So head to squarespace.com cracked for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code cracked to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. We have an exciting announcement that uh, doesn't really need a lot of details for you to know how exciting it is. The Cracked Podcast is doing a live episode in London. London, England, the UK. We are going to be at the London Podcast Festival on Sunday, 8th September, and it'll be at 19 o'clock, which is, uh, that's how I've seen it written. Uh, I guess you folks out there will often do what we call military time in the United States. Anyway, 7 p.m. on Sunday, 8th September, we are doing a live episode at King's Place, part of the London Podcast Festival. I cannot wait to do our first ever UK show. I'll see you there. Ticket links are in the food notes. Hey there, folks. Welcome to another episode of the Cracked Podcast, the podcast all about why being alive is more interesting than people think it is. My name is Alex Schmidt, and I'm the head of podcasting here at Cracked. I'm also known as Schmitty the Clam. I'm also known as Schmitty the Champ, and I am also, also about to play you a clip from a CIA recruitment video. This is an actual clip from an actual CIA recruitment video. Here we go. CIA's mission is clear and direct. Safeguard America and its people. Right now, the CIA has important, exciting jobs for U.S. citizens, especially those with foreign language skills. If you're an American citizen and seek a challenging, rewarding career where you can make a difference in the world and here at home, contact the agency at www.cia.gov. So if you found that voice recognizable from film or television or her credit card commercials, that's because it was the actor Jennifer Garner. You probably know she once starred on the TV show Alias as she was CIA agent Sidney Bristow in that show. And you may not know the show had CIA employees involved in the production and and not in a sneaky spy way, in an open, here we are, what can Langley do for you kind of way. So putting Jennifer Garner in a CIA recruitment video was as simple as having the CIA's operatives on the alias set walk up and ask her. That kind of casual co-working situation between Hollywood and Washington is a surprisingly common phenomenon, and it's our topic this week. We're talking about odd changes the U.S. government forced into movies and TV. One more time, that is odd changes the U.S. government forced into movies and TV. Because one of the ways being alive is more interesting than people think it is, is that the CIA and the Department of Defense and a few other organs of the American government all have a strong and now public hand in American entertainment. A lot of movies and shows you see, especially if there is any equipment or locations or other things that would involve uh, national defense or spying, that's something that they are involved in directly, and this is not a conspiracy theory-based episode. It's based on public information and Freedom of Information Act requests that other people have done, and this has been public for a long time. We will get into the exact numbers and specs of that right away. 
Also, you might be surprised that this is not totally a fear the government uh, kind of episode of the show, because a lot of these changes that we're going to look at today, they're they're sort of embarrassing or, or just sort of goofy or, or very particular. A lot of what they're asking for, it just says something psychological about them, maybe over at the government there. And that's very, very interesting to me, too. And I think it's fun. Also, I think our guests on this episode are extremely fun. One of them is Adam Todd Brown, host of the Unpopular Opinion podcast and the head of that network over there. He's done many episodes about, in particular, uh, the CIA and just its involvement in all sorts of different things in the world. This is one of the uh, more lighthearted things they do, and he's an excellent person to talk to about that. We are also joined by Nick Wegner, who's a hilarious comedy writer. He writes for American Dad currently. Uh, that's a show on TBS. Uh, he's also part of an incredible sketch comedy group in L.A. called The Midnight Show and has many other exciting credits and things he's up to from there and is just a really funny person. So I'm excited to talk to him about this in particular because American Dad is probably the number one comedy going on that addresses the CIA directly. Like there are episodes at the CIA pretty much every week. It's where the dad works uh, and Patrick Stewart is his boss and it's a very fun thing. So he he has direct experience with doing entertainment about the CIA and uh, in kind of a surprising way, as you'll hear. I think that's enough setup, so let's let you hear it. Please sit back or pose in a cool-ass fashion while wearing a big red wig, even though theoretically spies are not trying to draw attention to themselves and not wearing uh, wigs and, and hot cat suits. But dang it, you learned your spy stuff from Jennifer Garner. That's how you spy, baby. And either way, here's this episode of the Cracked Podcast with Adam Todd Brown and Nick Wagoner. I'll be back after we wrap up. Talk to you then. talking about all kinds of ways that the government has requested changes, uh, mainly in movies and also in TV shows. And I don't know if everybody knows that that's a thing just around, uh, but, but you both had some stories about government involvement in, in productions. Reading over some of these articles and the stuff you, you sent us ahead of time, one thing is I, I'm a writer on American Dad, and it's interesting they've never contacted us. They're either totally cool with it or it's just off their radar. <laughs> wow. The, the current That's amazing. CIA. Yeah. I remember there was an episode, this is towards censorship, but this was, uh, I think, when we were back on Fox. And it was like an episode where they like murdered like 72 elves with machine guns and everything. But in one scene, Francine, the mom, is on top of Stan in bed. And, and when somebody walks in, it rolls off. And that was the one note was like, uh, that implies they were having sex you know, like you can't show that on time. We're like, they're married. They're married. They have children. Like there's a lot of things that imply they've had sex, um, but they had no problem with like Santa gunning down elves and children and stuff like that at wow. all. So, I mean, I, maybe, yeah, maybe the CIA notes. is okay with all the violence and everything. <laughs> it's right where they want it. No notes. <laughs> when we talk about, oh, the government is, is intervening in, in movies and TV. It's a thing that is public information. Uh, there's a UK online newspaper called The Independent that used FOIA requests and found out that across US history, over 800 movies and over 1,100 TV shows received some kind of support from the Defense Department, often in exchange for input from the Defense Department on what would be in it. And then also the CIA, since it began in 1947, has been involved in at least 60 movies, uh, most of them since 1996 when they started the Entertainment Industry Liaison Office, uh, which has its own website and everything. Adam, you dug into that in particular on, on your show, Conspiracy the Show. Yeah, I host a conspiracy podcast 
on the network. And we did an episode about CIA influence on the media in general. And one of the things I had never heard of that website before researching that episode. Yeah. And while researching all of these, all, all the input that the CIA had in this, I was like, I wonder how public they are about it. Like, do people even know this? <laughs> and then I Googled it and it's like, oh, yeah, it's a part of their website where you can just yeah. message the CIA and say, hey, <laughs> want to help me make a movie? And they'll say yes. That, yeah, that's crazy because I've taken so many like classes about like how to like write indie films or like get a film made. And this seems like a good way to get funding that's just sitting right out there. It that sure no does. One mentions. Yeah. Yeah. Because even the this website that we'll link you to, listener, you can go see. Uh, it has a, a section where the CIA suggests stories that they would love to see made into a, a movie or TV show. Yeah, like yeah. they give you the the, the premise and the story. And is everything. the secret deal we made with the Greys in 1972 on the list? Because I want to make that movie. Yeah, this is like hashtag WGA staffing boost. Like these jobs are right out there. CIA staffing boost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because they, yes, they have a, a very strong influence in Hollywood. Also, uh, Adam, you picked out an article from The Atlantic called How the CIA Hoodwinked Hollywood by Nicholas Shaw. And it's got uh, a They bunch tricked them. They tricked them. <laughs> Those spies tricked Hollywood. Doesn't sound like the CIA at all. Yeah, yeah. They got us. <laughs> yeah. Also, hoodwink in that title. A lot of whimsy. It's yeah. Very, it's yeah. a very Harry yeah. Potter sort of trick, yeah. you know? Like, I picture these, like, undercover guys with, like, fake mustaches at, like, Emmy parties or something. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they're really just describing exactly what you'd expect the CIA to do. Like, you're not going to get the CIA involved and have them go, no, be brutally honest here. I want you to tell the complete yeah, and right. absolute truth about how this happened. Of course not. <laughs> like, that's that's obviously not what's going to happen. Yeah. If, if anything, it would be, and especially I think of this with the Department of Defense stuff, a lot of things we're going to talk about, it's a thing where the Department of Defense lends them planes or tanks or facilities right. in, in, in exchange for input. I almost feel like it would be unfair if they didn't get input after doing that. Like, you just right. let them borrow an F-16. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. There's some fairness there, right? Yeah, like, yeah. What are you going to use this for? Can't tell you. Artistic integrity. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do love that in that article, there's a quote from a CIA agent who's talking about how they would sometimes just have Ben Affleck at CIA headquarters, just yeah. giving him a tour. And they're like, there are people undercover here who yeah. have to cover their faces <laughs> yeah. just because Ben Affleck's in a movie. Yeah. People like hopping behind bushes <laughs> yeah. as he walks around. Yeah. That's, and that's crazy. That's how they describe it. It's like we have operatives who are covering their faces with paper when he walks by. It's like, just, you could send him exclusive photos or something. Yeah, how do you know he's not argoing them right there? He could yeah. be argoing them right there, you know? Oh, the old reverse Argo. Ah. <laughs> yeah, we're writing Classic. a movie about Argo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this quote here, because we'll, we'll link it in the article, it's, the quote is, because he's going to be playing a CIA guy in a movie, that's the criteria now? You just have to be a friend of the agency and you can come in and walk around? In the meantime, people who are undercover are having to walk through the halls with their hands over their faces because these people aren't cleared. It's insane. End quote. That's a CIA agent. 
Yeah. Real mad. Uh, <laughs> I love that so much. Yeah. It's yeah. a, it's a very like, yeah. Office space meets the CIA thing. Like, I love that. that that's it's like, Affleck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cause they're all, there was a kind of wacky story in there too, where the, the people who make the show Homeland got to visit, but then there were rooms and sections that the non-American nationals of the, the show couldn't go in. So like the showrunner and Morena Baccarin, who's from Brazil, these people couldn't right. go into yeah. certain rooms. And didn't they say they weren't allowed in the cafeteria because there was like a window that you could see into it or something? Yeah, or the yeah. gift shop. They weren't allowed in the gift the shop. Right. Yeah. yeah. I love that the gift <laughs> shop is set up in a way that you could get national secrets uh, yeah, <laughs> in it. Like, like why, not, why don't we fill that window in? Right. That's a very, that's a very Trump era gift shop. Yeah. You sell it right yeah. there. Yeah. I know? just picture this window like on the other side of a thing you could stick your penny in that comes out with like, <laughs> like some of the, yeah, you get the redacted files stamped yeah, on it. Roswell information. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also with any CIA FBI thing, I do want the aliens like, like an American dad, there's an alien because it's, that's, that's the most fun thing they're hanging on to. Right. It's gotta be. Yeah. We oh, gotta 100%. see. Yeah. 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 That's, it was, that's why everyone kind of dreams of being president. You're like, I want to see those alien bones. I want to see the, the live aliens. <laughs> I want to get that threat that if I tell anyone, I'll be assassinated. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to feel being in the crosshairs at all times. <laughs> <laughs> That's any of us on our first day in the Oval Office, just like drumming our fingers like, okay, alien meeting? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's, do yeah. let's do it. Yeah, got it, got it, got it. Phone call from France, whatever. When do we talk about the aliens? <laughs> I was a writer's assistant on the show Criminal Minds, and they had a guy from the FBI that would come in and, yeah, wow. and and talk to them about how they do like the behavioral analysis of serial killers and stuff like that. And he would tell us tons of just insane stories that could never make it to the air and stuff because they're so <laughs> gross and vile. Let's it, hear them. <laughs> yeah, that's what yeah. you want. Yeah. It was an exchange for, they said that like the, the notes they had to give were kind of like when the, the crew, the BAU crew comes to like a town to take over a case or something. They they uh, always wanted them to be show the FBI like being nice to the local authorities because wow. they didn't want them to be like, we got the case from here because they're like, if you show the FBI like that, then all the towns across America will have that image of the FBI and not want to cooperate with them. So they're like, yeah. show us being cool with like local authorities. <laughs> like that was one of and the And then they takes. show up in their dicks and everyone's like, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're so oh, nice on TV. We set you up. We set you up. We're taking this case, punk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if anything, they should be mean in the show. So then in real life, yeah. it's not a disappointment yeah. they, of expectations. They were nicer you know? than I thought they were going to be. Under promise, over deliver. Yeah. 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 Basic sales. Yeah. But the, uh, the FBI agent, I think originally it was like Mandy Patinkin when he was on the show had like met up with him about to like get into the character oh, and the cool. guy had been kind of off duty because he he had gotten cancer from being a responder on 9-11 or oh my God. yeah yeah this guy so he was kind of like on a break and then when he went back to it they allowed him under those conditions that you know showed the FBI being cool and everything and then he would come in all the time and then he retired and he wrote one episode a year like even when he was in the FBI they let him write an episode. Wow. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Were they good episodes? Uh, I, 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 you know, it's all a blur, the episodes. <laughs> Bunch of dad jokes. Like, what? Yeah. This is a departure. Yeah, but it was crazy. <laughs> there was like a lot of interplay between, and the writer staff, like one of the writers went to his retirement in Virginia, like party, and they got 
got tours of Quantico all the time. Like if they're like, oh, if you're in DC, come on through. It's it's so strange that these agents are just so excited to be friends with with everyone in Hollywood and such a thing. And with the various stories here we've got of of movies and shows, I think one of the most well-known movies where this happened is Zero Dark Thirty from 2012. But as we looked at it, not only are Catherine Bigelow, the director, and Mark Bull, the writer, they were extremely close with the CIA throughout the process of doing the movie. And then also they kept hanging out in a way that led to internal investigations because they kept giving CIA people gifts. And like one agent saw a Prada bag and said, oh, I like Prada. And Mark Bull was like, I have tickets to a Prada fashion show. Here you go. <laughs> and like uh, they gave somebody else a tequila bottle and then they had to investigate the value. There was Here's all the JFK this... files. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like there was all this weird interplay of, of it was almost the filmmakers trying to work over the CIA too. It seemed like they may have been hooking up. That's what I took out of that. Like, it seemed like they yeah. were like, just, yeah. just really <laughs> in each other's business all the time. Like maybe they fell in love or something. I think there's a movie there. Yeah. Cause in the, in the article we'll pull there, there's some stage where suddenly the agent was told they could not have any more contact with Mark Bull. And it yeah. almost felt <laughs> but like, but he's a, my friend. I'm friends yeah. with the Hollywood guy. <laughs> you said I could go visit him. <laughs> he's got a pool house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It does sort of feel like the relationship should end after the movie is done. Probably the most famous CIA movie for that kind of thing. They worked with uh, 10 different officers involved. Catherine Bigelow has since defended the the depiction of torture in the movie as an artistic statement. That's kind of the main CIA one. And then I think the most famous Department of Defense one is Top Gun. Many, many people know about this. The ultimate recruitment video in 1986. Yeah. yeah. Made me want to play volleyball, that's for sure. Yeah, the <laughs> AVP The AVP went crazy after yeah. that. Yeah, volleyball. <laughs> Everyone was playing. Have you seen there's, there's Volleyball jeans were selling like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> there, I just saw this story today. I think it's Lindsey Graham is way up in arms about how the aviator jackets are different in this version of Top Gun. Like in the, in the Top Gun Maverick trailer? Yes. <laughs> oh my God, that's great. And the quote, I just read the headline because who cares? And his quote was just, I just think it sucks. <laughs> All right, aviator Lindsey yeah. Graham. Did he, did he say that from like the front row at Hall H at Comic-Con? <laughs> yeah. Like, what? No. He said it during Bullshit, the Mueller no. testimony. <laughs> Interrupted the Mueller testimony oh to tell God. people. Oh, my God. What a weirdo. Are you guys seeing this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't, it's not I what can't, Maverick wore first time. I can't go to the, I can't go to the floor and vote. Uh, the, the trailer's dropping in five. <laughs> this thing's going to be hot, guys. <laughs> Top Gun is is such a specific example of of the Department of Defense getting exactly the movie they wanted. In real life, it spiked naval aviator recruitment by 500% uh, because it made it look that good. And they did a bunch of line edits that we've got articles linking about. They said that all the dogfights have to happen over ambiguous land and water, so it doesn't look like any specific country. That we're I noticed fighting. that when I was a kid. I remember that. I remember <laughs> being like, "Where, where is this? Like, they're yeah. they're Russians, and this is all in the desert. Like, what is happening?" <laughs> yeah, I remember that, but kind of cool too, in a way. You know, like yeah, yeah, it's just nondescript. It is easier, right? You don't have to know uh, geography or nothing. So yeah, the, yeah. So Top Gun was the the best example of where they got everything they wanted. 
and yeah, it has this like staying power of decades and multiple generations. Like maybe the CIA is good at movies. Like, are they good at movies? <laughs> like giving people yeah. what they want. They're like, lose all the artistic crap. Have them <laughs> sing in a bar. Uh, uh, yeah. Goose couldn't die crashing. Wasn't that one of them? Or yeah, they, they, the original script had goose dying in a crash or a collision. And then uh, instead they made it. So goose ejected from his plane and something went wrong with the ejection. Yeah. yeah they didn't like, want to show collision. No, Maverick doesn't mess up. Maverick doesn't mess up. <laughs> yeah. And that's like what kids said too. Like, no, Maverick would never crash. Off of that thing of it's very specific who can be in the military. Top Gun, they had to change one thing in the script just due to reality. And, and this was very uh, realistic of them, I guess. But the love interest originally was going to be a fellow soldier, like a fellow pilot at the base. But the movie had to change it because there weren't any women at the space in real life, <laughs> which is a, a continuing problem for the military getting especially female pilots to sign up. Yeah, yeah. You think they would have been like, yeah, do it. Say that we have women pilots. Right. That's very honest <laughs> yeah, of them yeah, in that yeah. case. Yeah. Uh, so I, I guess that's cool. I yeah. yeah. Or, yeah, they're like, <laughs> we don't want women to get the wrong idea. Like, we don't want them <laughs> signing up. Maybe they're backwards. <laughs> and then they also had a, a script change where in Top Gun, they made sure the pilots, the U.S. pilots, only fired after being fired upon in all situations. Oh, yes. That yeah. sounds just Which like is, us. Yeah. Wait, it's also al dangerous. Al yeah. Also, I was just thinking about this, about them not allowing women. But, like, also, Tom Cruise probably couldn't be a fighter pilot. Like, isn't he, like, five... Six or something like that. Like, like oh yeah, you have to be tall. Yeah, you got to be tall. You have oh, to really? good eyesight. Yeah. yeah, they should have gotten a famously tall actor. They get like, well, Kareem was an airplane. Yeah, so, uh, he yeah. should be. Yeah, <laughs> we got him. We got Captain. <laughs> and then uh, the the kind of interesting thing of this Top Gun legacy is it's sort of happened pretty specifically again this year with Captain Marvel, 2019 Marvel movie. It's a thing where we don't know of any specific changes that the military requested, but there was an enormous amount of U.S. Air Force support for the movie. And then the movie was like partly a recruitment pitch for the Air Force, like both the movie and official Air Force recruitment used the tagline, what's your origin story? And they released uh, social media videos of like Brie Larson hanging out with real pilots and having a good time. Well, that explains <laughs> the scene where they explain how easy it is to do it online and they walk you through that website. I was like, why is this in here? Right. <laughs> Even if I'm a shape-shifting alien? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll see. I mean, just submit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's weird. I didn't come away from that movie thinking about the Air Force whatsoever. And yet I still right. joined. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, here we are on my plane. Yeah, I'm leaving tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. right. That's, that's right. Yeah, we are on your plane. You get a plane when you join the yeah. Air Force. I don't think people know that. Yeah. The, the soundproofing <laughs> in your plane studio is very good. <laughs> what if this was a real 3D episode of the podcast where like slowly people started realizing that we had been turned by the CIA? You do get a free plane. It's great. <laughs> I mean, you guys would all join today, right? <laughs> so anyway, Bin Laden, it went exactly the way the government says it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't care. Don't listen to what anybody says. Oh, yeah. uh, these guys sold out. You can you can hear the CIA cha-ching. <laughs> and, and then the, the U.S. Air Force with Captain Marvel, they also provided... Air Force historians for information. They let them use Air Force bases like Edwards out in California here. Yeah, you can use uh, Edwards. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Hollywood base, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, a super secret one. <laughs> they also, they provided multiple flyovers for premieres, including at Disneyland and at the, and Hollywood. The theory out there is basically that 
there's just a big pilot shortage in the Air Force, especially with women. And so mm. whether or not they ask for any specific changes in terms of what kind of pilot she is, they just want to get women into the Air Force because NPR says not only are 70% of young Americans unable to meet the legal or physical requirements for the military, uh, the Air Force is short on pilots by over 1,200 people. And it takes a long time to train them and everything. So they have a critical oh, shortage of pilots. So much wow. training. Yeah. Yeah. My dad aunt, uh, was in the Air Force and I have a godfather he met there who like was a base commander in Germany. And we went oh, wow. there on vacation and they were having something on base, like some sort of celebration for a general that was retiring or something like that. Uh, and so they knew all their pilots sit in kind of like a firehouse kind of thing. And in, in case there's alarm, they run. So there's always somebody oh. sleeping in these like bunks oh. in case there's something over. It was in Germany and you could get to the Middle East in like a half hour or something like that. But because there was this party going on, they wanted a random flyover to happen during that. So everyone knew when the flyover was, they're like, we're going to have a fly, like a practice flyover at eight and it's going to go over the lawn right when, you know, the, the cake comes out. And uh, so we like sat and watched these dudes take off in their G suits and stuff. And it was awesome. But I mean, they should do that all the time if they want to like, yeah. like, like over, you know, like uh, those, like uh, Hollywood cemetery screenings and stuff like that. And just look badass to get See, people I, out there. I, I vehemently disagree. I think it, <laughs> At least as long as Trump is in office, interesting. There should be a moratorium on flyovers, because oh, I like whenever I see oh, whenever yeah, I see yeah, one, yeah. I'm like, what's panic, what's yeah. what's going on? <laughs> All right, uh, like okay. I yeah. woke up. I Get live, the go bags. This is it. <laughs> I live in Burbank, and on New Year's Day, I woke up very hungover and went out front to smoke a cigarette, and a stealth bomber flew overhead. Yeah, and I well, was how did like, you see it though. Exactly. Good question. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, what is happening? And the Rose Bowl was happening. That's all it was. But because we're in this political climate we're in, I was like, oh, here we go. It's all <laughs> oh, happening man. now. Damn it. Because in, in a less tense time, I like the idea of the Air Force being like the fire department. Like <laughs> yeah. when there's a parade, they come out, you know, and it's not part of their official thing, but but it makes everybody happy. So, yeah, they just roll like an F-15 down the street behind a, a wagon full of Girl Scouts. <laughs> yeah. And so they and they want people to sign up. So they're they're backing this movie that and, and I agree with you that I didn't come out of it thinking mainly about the Air Force, I think because they were in space so much, you know, and then Nick Fury was there a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That's but it's, it. They're doing what they can figure Sign out. For yeah. Space Force. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> there's also, there's a couple other Marvel movies here. Maybe we look at that. Uh, one of them is Iron Man 2008. It's a movie about Tony Stark making weapons for the military. Very so, cool. Very yeah. cool. <laughs> it's very good. Military's cool. Um, Thank you, Tony Stark. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, and there was one line in the original script where a military officer told somebody that people would, quote, kill themselves for the opportunities he has, end quote. And the Department of Defense stepped in and said, don't say that because it references soldier suicides. Yeah. Which I don't know if it does. <laughs> it seems over overreaching. I feel like when it comes to soldier suicides, that is the very bottom of the totem pole. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In terms of what's causing it. It, it really <laughs> makes you think like 
there may be a lot more soldier suicide than we even hear about. Where they're like, don't yeah. even uh, talk about that. Yeah, yeah. It's there because that's like that's it's a figure of speech, guys. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It's not, right. That's not really what they're talking There's about. There's always like, yeah, I'd kill myself for a burger right now. Could you change that, please? <laughs> that is happening a lot. A lot of people are hungry. <laughs> yeah, soldiers are very hungry and they're killing themselves for small reasons. Yeah, because they uh, then John Favreau had to go back to the military and he said, "What if the line is people would walk over?" hot coals for the opportunities he has and the military was like great sure and then they also apparently just let Robert Downey Jr. improvise so much that the line wasn't in the movie anyway. <laughs> yeah, I uh, loved hearing that. That's but, great. That after <laughs> like, like you think of all the meetings and the correspondence back and forth, and then Robert Downey Jr. is just like, I'd go crazy for something right now. You know, like, it changes <laughs> the whole thing. Is the military the reason Ghostface Killer got cut from that movie? Oh, was he in that? There's a was, scene yeah. on where Tony Stark is on his plane and you hear a Ghostface Killer song in the background. And Ghostface Killer was initially in that scene. I, yeah, you can, I guess, performing on Tony Stark's plane. We'll link on, Wait, on YouTube. Really? On YouTube, there's like a, a really poor resolution clip of the deleted scene from Iron Man where Ghostface meets Tony. And it, and it's because in like Ghostface was the one person who liked Iron Man comics before before right. Iron Man was oh, yeah, his first like, album. Like, I was gotta be Iron in that. Man. Oh really? Yeah, oh, like wow. his, his, he would nickname himself Tony Starks, and he was like he was a really deep Marvel fan when no one else was. Uh, yeah. So he got to be in the movie a bit. Yeah. Oh, good for him. Good <laughs> for him. And then they cut him. And then they cut him. Yeah. I like that just random concert thing. Like that's not a thing that ever happens. There should be in more movies. Like people should just have big stars performing in their living rooms and you walk by and you're like, well, what was that? What was that back there? Why was Alicia Keys singing in that guy's bathroom? <laughs> really? Like a gritty domestic drama. And yeah. then John Legend's just in the kitchen. Yeah. Like, you guys got to work on that. <laughs> So yeah, so they that's the, this uh, Iron Man change. It's so specific and it's so overcautious, and and I, I don't know I don't know why they have the time to even bother with it. But it's an example when you put restrictions on people, they can come up with even better stuff. That yeah. new line is hot, <laughs> walking over coals. And the 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 risk they run with a change like that is exactly what's happening right now, where you want them to change the line because it references soldier suicides. And then they do, and then news gets out that you wanted them to change the line, and now everyone's like, why? Like, yeah. why, what's going on with soldier suicides? Should we look into that more? Right. So it actually, it's kind of, count. it's a it's a counterproductive <laughs> change. Oh, yeah, like uh, the Streisand effect, is it? Yeah. Where Barbara Streisand didn't want her, her house photographed, and so then everybody photographed it. Right. Yeah. Oh, One nice. of those. yeah. The, stop it. Don't. <laughs> This other Marvel one, it it led me to know about a thing I didn't know as much about. The Hulk movie in 2003, the Ang Lee one, in the original script, the Hulk was a military experiment. That makes sense, right? Yeah, sure. It's just kind of of the origin of the Hulk. And so the Department of Defense said, okay, if you want our stuff, here's what needs to happen. The facility is non-military. The character of Major Glenn Talbot is ex-military, right? No longer part, so totally different. Makes sense. When people retire from the military, they usually go into private military. <laughs> private monster creation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right. Uh, and then also they needed to remove a line uh, about, quote, all those boys, guinea pigs dying from radiation and germ warfare, end quote. <clears throat> Because uh, they felt that was what it was. It was a direct reference to that going on. And then also the operation to catch the Hulk was called Operation Ranch Hand, which was a reference to 
the real operation that dumped Agent Orange on Vietnam in the Vietnam War. So the movie had to change it to Operation Angry Ma'am, which is a really funny, it's not really code for catching the Hulk. It's just saying what you're doing. But so they had to make all these very, very light minor changes that, as I talk about them, make me think about Agent Orange and a bunch of other crazy things the military did in the 60s. Yeah. Fun things. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we did all our most interesting stuff back in the 50s and 60s when we were openly assassinating progressives and things like that. Oh, yeah. Now we, yeah, now we have to do it subtly. Yeah. Oh, boring. Boring. <laughs> what we should do is we should take all the Hollywood people and make them the CIA people, and then the CIA people, the Hollywood people. That's not a bad idea. Yeah, we need more creative what if ways- it's already like that? To torture <laughs> and affect the global- Let's get in a writer's room, yeah. figure it out. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's workshops and torture. Oh, there's another CIA thing. I really like this meet the parents thing. Yeah, that's a, a they took comedy. torture out again. Yeah, <laughs> the it, CIA. See, this is one thing I noticed. It's like on torture, they sometimes they're like, "It's cool, show people it's cool," and then sometimes they're like, "No, no, 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 we don't do torture." You know, right? <laughs> like Zero Dark Thirty. Yeah, they say, as you can see, torture works. Yeah. yeah, but in in the Meet the Parents, it was uh, what was it? He had photographs of him torturing people. Yeah, and uh, and manuals for it too. I love that. They swapped it out with him just like meeting like Bill Clinton and stuff, but kept the <laughs> ominous music. Yeah, this is if people remember, it's it's still a scene in the movie where Ben Stiller goes into Robert De Niro's office. And so then he finds evidence that, oh, Robert De Niro is like a hardcore CIA guy. He's not just this dad. But the original script said he'd find a bunch of crazy torture stuff that the CIA does. And no, it was just a pic- like a picture of him meeting Colin Powell. But they they didn't also change the soundtrack or the tone of what they were <laughs> <Yeah>. shooting. <laughs> so he's like, oh, my God, Colin Powell. Oh, no, this is worse than I thought. <laughs> I guess it'd be funny to see hardcore torture. But I'm like, isn't that kind of a bad tone for the movie? It's supposed to be, a, you know, a comedy and you're sitting there watching it. Like, yeah. I don't know if I'm during the middle of Meet the Parents, I, I want to uh, to feel a social justice moment about how bad things are. Yeah. How are they going <laughs> to depict that? Also, I that think, that would be a crazy thing for that character to have kept framed oh, pictures of yeah. him torturing people. Maybe the CIA was just like, that's stupid. He wouldn't <laughs> yeah. do that. None of us would do that. And you destroyed yeah. the photos, right? Yeah, yeah. I took photos. I destroyed them. Uh, didn't frame them. Put them behind glass where no yeah. one can get them. Yeah, they're not in my foyer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is because because later in the movie, he's got Ben Stiller hooked up to a lie detector and stuff. If Ben Stiller is finding torture manuals, does that set up the possibility that... <laughs> that should have been a waterboarding scene. Right. He should, not a lie detector. He should have waterboarded him until he got the truth. Right. <laughs> Still should, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> Robert De Niro should waterboard Ben Stiller. It's just. (laughs) (laughs) Many thanks to the folks at Squarespace for their support of this show, the Cracked Podcast, putting it out there. We're allowed to do it because we have the help of folks like them. And I think of the concept of help when I think of Squarespace because they are out there to help you build a website. Maybe there is something new you want to do. Maybe there's something you've always been doing that you haven't quite put online yet. You know, it doesn't have its own website. Nobody can Google it yet. Change that. Build a website with Squarespace to show it off. With beautiful templates created by world-class designers and the ability to customize just about anything with a few clicks, you can easily make a beautiful website yourself. 
They also have an e-commerce functionality that lets you sell anything online if that's your interest. Everything's optimized for mobile right out of the box, which is everyone's interest because most websites are getting looked at on phones and tablets now. Uh, and you want to have one that works on those, uh, that doesn't uh, do a bunch of weird sizing or something when somebody pulls it up on one of the most standard devices in the world. Also, Squarespace makes buying domains very simple, uh, so your website will have the name you want it to have. That's, that's very critical to enjoying the experience of having a website, is having the right name for it, and Squarespace has the exact support you need to make that happen. So what are you waiting for? Head to squarespace.com cracked for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, use the offer code cracked to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com cracked, offer code cracked. Folks, I don't want anybody to forget the very exciting news that we're doing a Cracked podcast in London. It's really, really exciting to me, and I hope exciting to you, our wonderful UK listener. We are doing a one-of-a-kind London episode of the Cracked podcast Sunday, 8th September at the London Podcast Festival. Guess we can't talk to anywhere else at King's Place, an amazing venue right near King's Cross in the heart of London. I can't wait to do that show, and I hope I'll see you there. Tickets are in the food news. Sorry, that was a little bit of a wolf sound, but you get it. Alien movies, right? Alien invasion movies are a genre that's going on all the time. Uh, we did we did a crack podcast about them recently. It turns out that the Department of Defense kind of picks their spots in terms of which kind of alien movie they will support. Uh, they will support an alien movie that reflects their belief that, quote, if an alien appeared, the military would defend the nation, end quote. So they supported War of the Worlds and The Day the Earth Stood Still remake and Battle Los Angeles because they were like, great, they get it. Department of Defense is in. Yeah, they're like, obviously, we would fight the aliens. The aliens wouldn't come here, take us over, and be currently running the CIA. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody said that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Nobody did say that. So that's not happening. So make sure that the military beats the aliens. So your tentacle is showing stop. stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. <my> God. <laughs> It's my back flap. I'm tucked. <laughs> and they and then they also did not support Independence Day, like the original Independence Day. I didn't Day. either. Uh, <laughs> uh, agreed. None uh, of them. But um, but they, they said that that movie's script depicted quote an anemic U.S. military response unquote, <laughs> which I I fully disagree with. I think it makes the the U.S. and its military look amazing. Didn't we yeah. win? Yeah, we win in Independence Day. Like right? it's it's probably one of our top presidents ever. Is the fictional one from Independence oh, Day. Yeah. It's really exciting. Yeah, and then who is it that's flying like the the biplane in the desert? Doesn't he help oh, save the day? Randy Quaid. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that is Randy Quaid. Yeah, American yeah. patriot Randy Quaid. Yeah. <laughs> See, another change. CIA demanded he be in that. <laughs> yeah, this guy knows what he's talking about. Put him in the movie. Yeah. Well, and because in in hindsight, then I was thinking back about that movie and. Compared to other ones, it's relatively limited on like amazing military hardware being in it. Like right. they, they use an alien craft to fly into the alien ship, and and he has that crummy biplane instead of a cool fighter. Yeah, like they, it's it all like American ingenuity yeah. and uh, intelligence. I think yeah. they're trying to bait the aliens into coming. <laughs> they think they're going to see that movie and think they can beat us. And then we're like, no, we've had the same thing as you forever since <laughs> yeah. the 50s. We stole your little black box <laughs> off your crashed plane. <laughs>
And then also the Department of Defense has passed on movies like Starman and the Cocoon sequel and Close Encounters of the Third Kind because they suggest that UFOs exist. And apparently the logic, this from Cracked Article, 12 Weird Changes the Government Asked Famous Movies to Make by Ryan Manezes. Apparently the logic of the Department of Defense is if it's a movie where it's clear that the alien ships are alien ships the whole time, that's okay. But if it's a movie where we don't quite know what they are initially, that suggests that UFOs exist. And the official policy is that's not a thing. This is crazy. They <laughs> like want people, they're like, UFO, they can't be thinking UFOs exist, which right. means that like in some way, then your mind is like, then they have to exist. Then that means yeah. they have it. That yeah. means there are aliens and stop. And the thing about <laughs> it, as long as there are alien ships the whole time. If when they show up, we're right away, like definitely an alien invader. Fuck that. Because oh, that, okay. that happens yeah. in War of the Worlds and that happens in, uh, uh, what was the other movie here? Battle Los Angeles. And the, it's just an immediate fight. It's the other way around in real life where now something will show up and we'll be like, that's aliens. And then we find out like 10 years later, no, that was us testing drones. Yeah. And we were just terrifying <laughs> the shit out of Arizona for no reason. But yeah, it's weird that they would make that distinction. Yeah, it's extremely They specific. have a real sore spot for getting tricked by aliens over and over again. <laughs> yeah, or they're just yeah. sensitive to people looking into U.S. government craft that has been – because that's the thing. A lot of times the government is more comfortable with the crazy story. Like the, hmm. like the government, yeah. like for the whole time we were flying stealth bombers around and people were like, UFOs. The government was like, maybe. You know, <laughs> yeah. who knows? Because it's better than going, no, those are stealth bombers that we're going to use to revolutionize yeah. Those are secret warfare. planes that yeah. we're working on that we want no one to know about. There's a, <laughs> there's a fascinating Netflix documentary called Wormwood. And yeah. it is about MKUltra, which was an actual CIA program mm -hmm. that involved mind control and LSD, mostly LSD. I'm an alumni. <laughs> Aren't we all? <laughs> and the official story that has come out of that whole thing is that the CIA gave this guy too much LSD and he had a mental breakdown and committed suicide. Whip. And that's the story that the CIA like officially embraces. They're like, yep, that's what that's what happened because it sucks. Right. <laughs> and then if you watch the documentary, what they imply is that, well, actually, we maybe used chemical weapons in Korea. And when this Icky. guy took LSD, it gave him a conscience. And he was like, I got to tell someone what we did in Korea. And the CIA was like, we got to throw you out a window then. And there is an actual CIA torture manual that's in that documentary that describes killing someone exactly the way that guy died. So sometimes uh -huh. this, the, the government's going to be more than happy for us to How embrace did he die? He, he, the went crazy out the, story. he went out a window? He went out a window, yeah. <clears throat> oh, man. These, these movie script changes are by far the lightest thing that, that the CIA gets up oh, to. Oh, yeah. This is uh, the lighthearted stuff. Like that, that wormwood. As an artist, I have to disagree with you guys right there. <laughs> you know, changing someone's words is far worse than testing LSD on them and then Agent Orange. <laughs> and one movie we've got here is Goldeneye, uh, the, the first Pierce Brosnan one. Uh, there's a part where Xenia Anatop, the Russian like sex assassin, uh, she uh, bow, wants bow, to. Bow. <laughs> <laughs> she, 
she sex assassinates a like goofy admiral guy in order to get access to a, a top secret piece of military technology. And this admiral's a real goof. Goofball. Sex assassinates. Go on. Uh, assassinates. So uh, so she kills this admiral and then is able to steal a helicopter and it's usable. In the original script, it was a U.S. Navy admiral. And the Department of Defense very specifically asked them to change it and make him a Canadian admiral. Uh, <laughs> That's to, awesome. Do not embarrass the U.S. Navy by saying that their admirals could be killed by sex assassination. That's absurd. <laughs> Get, yeah, boning has to be one of the top ways we've given away secrets. I mean, like even like yeah. that, that that Russian woman who uh, infiltrated all those NRA parties or whatever, like yeah. last year, oh, Maria uh, Butina. Butina yeah, 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 and not she didn't even have to have sex. It was just like talking to guys that girls don't usually talk to. You know, like <laughs> she like worked her way all the way up the NRA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just by being a lady, basically. Yeah, yeah, that was all it took. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There was like, yeah. Can you uh, can you make it so? that U.S. Admiral's uh, tongue doesn't roll out down his chest when uh, the women enter the room. That's not what it's like. <laughs> Can you lose that noise? <laughs> and then uh, and then also the next Bond movie in order was Tomorrow Never Dies. And uh, this was a movie in 1997. And this, this changes on a whole different area of the spectrum. It was a thing where a CIA agent in the movie warns Bond at one point about jumping into Vietnamese waters. And he says, quote, you know what will happen. It will be war. And maybe this time we'll win. And quote <laughs> uh, about about if he gets caught in Vietnamese waters and it's an issue. And the Department of Defense stepped in and said, listen, the U.S. and Vietnam have reestablished diplomatic relations in 1995, a couple years earlier. If you have this line in your James Bond movie, it could be an international incident. And so we can't let you, you shouldn't say that in the movie. <laughs> also, it's just a sick burn. A burn on the, the people who fought in Vietnam. Yeah. And, and lost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is like, this is like the equivalent of like being at a barbecue and somebody's like telling stories about like a guy's drinking and he pulls them aside. It's like, hey, come on, man. Like me and Carol are cool right now. Why, yeah, why, yeah. why, why, why do we have to bring this up? Why do we have to talk about this? I've been yeah. working on things. I haven't invaded a country as a conflict in a long time. <laughs> And we'll link the the scene they did instead that's in the movie. And it's Bond is in a cargo plane and he does a, a halo jump, a very high altitude jump into the water. And then in the 15 seconds before he jumps, everybody else realizes he'd be going into Vietnam. And they need to establish for you, the audience, that that's what's happening. So just as he's jumping out of a plane that they've been planning this for a long time, they're saying to each other, oh, my God, that'd be really bad. We would never try to do that. Like It's a really weird <laughs> scene they ended up with instead. I <laughs> sure hope the government doesn't find out about this, you see? Yeah. <laughs> that down there is Vietnam. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's almost exactly what they say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we've been flying here for 12 hours. Why are you mentioning that now? We just reestablished diplomatic relations. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do it. That's Vietnam. Uh, some stuff happened before, but it's all good down there now, you hear. <laughs> Enjoy the food. Also, there's another one here with Saving Face uh, in the 90s. Uh, there was a movie in 1997 called The Jackal uh, with mm. Bruce Willis and Richard mm. Gere. The movie featured FBI snipers, and the Department of Defense said, hey, you guys can use military locations if the movie adds Marines and makes the Marines the snipers and the really cool snipers. So that was one okay. where like the Department of Defense was trumping the FBI in terms of who had more influence on the movie. <laughs> 
which is really childish to me. I don't know why they bothered. <laughs> that I love. I think that's very real. The CIA, FBI just go at each other. Oh, yeah. Like they, they got to prank each other all the time. Yeah. Like how they didn't share that intelligence with each other and 9-11 happened. <laughs> yeah. What Pranked. A Pranked. What a riot. Pranked. <laughs> there was an animated movie of Animal Farm made in 1954. Have you guys seen it? I, I No. I, I, I know of it. Like I can picture the animation. You yeah. know what I mean? But yeah, I don't I don't know that I've seen it. But uh, this is uh, it's from five classic movies that were made possible by insane schemes by Jim Cicelli. The Animal Farm movie was completely funded by the CIA in secret. Uh, so the CIA wanted an Animal Farm movie to exist. And uh, George Orwell had died a few years earlier. So they used intermediaries to do everything from getting the rights to it to funding it to making it in the UK, and depending on what you count as the the thing, it was the first British animated feature film. They kind of built up British animation in the process of making an Animal Farm movie. Yeah, it's so weird that they were able to make this, and it it seems so blundering, though, that it all, then they, didn't they, like, part of the deal was they would shoot it all in the UK, or, or, I guess, or animate it all in the UK. How were they helping the US in any way in this? Like, (laughs) it, it seems contrary to their goals. Yeah, it is. I guess they they wanted it to exist, but they, you know, by American, you know, like let's let's support the U.S. a little bit here. And what was the the whole thing with Animal Farm? It's 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 all about like rebuking communism. Is that the deal? Because they like once they get their freedoms, then then they find out that they're slaves again. Yeah, the, the Orwell novel is they I think they throw off the farmers, but then the pigs who are like Stalin are in charge. And then it's yeah. Yeah, that's it. Crazy. The CIA is like, here's how we're going to get people to understand that communism stupid. We're going to do an animated flick aimed at adults, heavy literary references, uh, you know, yeah. To get the rights to it, they had to go to George Orwell's widow. And part of how they convinced her to sign over the rights was offering her uh, the chance to meet Clark Gable, the, the famous actor. She just really wanted to do that. So is Clark Gable a spy technically? Like the, he, he could be, yeah. Because I mean, like he did <laughs> yeah. this How just to just help the CIA. Where pull did he, that, yeah. pull that name out of their pocket? What if they just like kidnapped him? <laughs> that would be even better. Yeah, they just like tranked him right in the back of the neck. They just had a photo lineup of actors. Right. Pick one. We'll bring him yeah. to Who you. you want? <laughs> They're all in the truck. What do you want? Yeah, we got them all. <laughs> and then uh, and they yeah, came a, they... a long way from that to Top Gun. Yeah, really. Yeah, they it's, figured it out. They figured out what people wanted. It was an art house. Years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're like, have him ride a cool bike. He better be hot as hell. <laughs> right, not a British Just drawing, like the yeah. CIA. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No more uh, moral uh, moral dramas, uh, all based on metaphors of animals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because also this this Animal Farm one was very, very, very secret. Like they they used shell companies to get the money to the companies and the they made it in Britain so it'd be further from U.S. notice and, and the people making it didn't know that they were working for the CIA at all. And then you cut to Top Gun. It's, it was pretty public the whole time that the military was involved to some extent. And, and as I understand it, they were recruiting tables at some theaters to like join the military. Oh, wow. Like when you wow. walked out, yeah. like, it was a flyer. It was a big change in those couple of decades. Yeah. Maybe part of why the, especially Department of Defense and CIA, are so interested in influencing entertainment as much as they can is that it it is such an international thing in the end, right? Like, it's it's one of the ways American power is projected. Yeah, worldwide, baby. <laughs> <laughs> 
We got a, a couple more stories here. One of them is uh, the movie Forrest Gump that everyone saw in 1994. And uh, the original script was rejected by the Department of Defense for its, quote, nihilistic, end quote, view of the U.S. military. And so apparently there were several It made changes. Vietnam look bad. <laughs> the first movie to ever do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Are you kidding me? What? <laughs> and they made uh, reportedly several changes. One of the ones that we definitely know uh, is that the original script featured an entire company of, quote, men like Forrest and Bubba. And that was a reference to an actual thing that happened in Vietnam. Uh, Called? It was nicknamed the Moron Corps. Uh, oh no! And uh, the, <laughs> so the, uncreative. Yeah, <laughs> and the official name for it was Project Hundred Thousand. And uh, Defense Secretary Robert McNamara believed that basically to to try to turn the tide of the war, we should get more and more people who were initially considered unfit for the the service to join the army, and, just for the front lines. Right, and then uh, and then put them in more dangerous situations usually. <laughs> and this group was forty one percent black versus the the overall military being twelve percent black. And then also there was reportedly one guy whose IQ was sixty two. And IQ testing is kind of bullshit. Sure, it's sure, still it's still a thing. And they ultimately <laughs> had three hundred fifty four thousand people join through this program to join the the U.S. military. And I never, never, ever would have heard of it if they hadn't changed Forrest Gump. Never would have known <laughs> until right. Now. Yeah, 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 that's crazy. Yeah. That's not like our government to prey on the weakest among us. Yeah. <laughs> I just did a podcast episode about the first Gulf War for a, a podcast called The 90s Sucked. And the first Gulf War, like we all kind of saw it happen on television. And it was this big media event where everyone was covering it. And when you look into it, it's actually up to that point was the most censored war in American history. Wow. In terms of press coverage, right, like the, right. the government, if you wrote something about the first Gulf War, the government read it first before, like wow. if you were in Iraq covering the war, they read what you were reporting first before you could report it. And in Vietnam, it was just kind of an honor system where they just trusted people to not report classified information or anything that would harm the country. And I think six people lost their press passes during the whole Vietnam War working on mm. an honor system. And then the Gulf War happens and it's the most restrictive, but it seems the other way around. It seems like we didn't hear that much about all the crazy stuff happening behind the scenes in Vietnam when we really did. Yeah. We just don't have access to news reports. No, no, no. The, they, the, yeah, the military learned from Vietnam. They were oh, like, yeah. yeah. They're like, we can't have these images coming straight out of right. here. Right. With each success, like the war in Panama, like I don't know if, how Panama. many people even realize we went to war briefly in Panama. <laughs> and one of the things that the military since then has credited with our success in Panama is we didn't let reporters in for the first few days. Which is one of the scariest things I've ever heard because it's like, well, without reporters here, we can do what we need to do to end this war quick. Oh, but if the reporters were yeah. here, we couldn't do it. And to this proves again, reporters are the problem. Absolutely. In war. <laughs> to this day, there there are no battlefield images from whatever happened. You could go in so far Panama. to say that without yeah. reporters, there is no war. Yeah. Yeah. Right, because they keep talking about it all the time. Yeah. Why can't guys? they just yeah. shut up? Yeah. Jeez Louise. There's no oh, more big war deal. There's in a Eurasia. war happening. <laughs> As we round off here, maybe let's talk about 
all of TV in the late 1990s. Sure, let's knock it out. Because uh, there was one enormous operation. There was an Office of National Drug Control Policy. And in 1997, they went to the five major networks, ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox, and uh, good old UPN, folks. Hell yeah. UPN. They said, hey, we will give you $1 billion to purchase a bunch of ad time. The only (laughs) catch is we want to get all the ad time at half price. So it's really $2 billion worth. Uh, And the network said, you know what? Sure, that fills in a whole bunch of slots and we'll sell it to you. Great. Uh, and so they bought all this ad time for anti-drug PSAs. And that that's pretty transparent, right? That's okay. But then what happened is the tech bubble started going up, right? It was before it burst and the economy was amazing. And so everybody wanted to buy TV ad time because there was all this money. And then the network said, we need to like free up this half-price ad time. What do we do? And so the networks went to the government and said, what if we make all of our episodes of things about anti-drug stuff just as pure propaganda and then in exchange we get our ad slots back (laughs) (laughs) yeah just put it in just slide it right into the programming yeah yeah and it happened they did it Uh, they did it across uh, all of the major networks for a couple of years there 98 99 but then it made all the tv shows super lame so people quit watching and then the commercial (laughs) ad money dried up again yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) made people miss drugs <laughs> Did this happen in the 80s too? Because I remember the eight, well, not just drugs, but in the 80s, there were so many special episodes. And when you go back yeah. and watch, you're like, why do they do that? It wasn't funny. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if that was bought and paid for or not. I don't no, know it was just that. like they thought it was like hot for a while, like make an yeah. episode about like molestation and, and right. suicide. <laughs> There's and, one where Helen Hunt gets high and just jumps out yes. of the window of her classroom in high school. It's so great. Yeah, that's oh, amazing. No. Yeah. She like, yeah, like they do we like hardcore like meth at, at yeah, lunch I think she and did, she jumps right yeah. out. She was doing the hard drugs at lunch. Because <laughs> in, in the late 90s, this system was so advanced that they worked out an entire basically price sheet for if you do this kind of story and in this kind of show, we will give you this amount of money. And so uh, there was an episode of Home Improvement that was against weed that made 525 grand for the network. Oh, that uh, guy's got a lot of nerve doing an anti-drug episode. Oh, yeah. yeah. Tim, Tim Allen, Allen former Narc. drug dealer. We will link about Tim Allen's arrests. Footnotes. Uh, <laughs> Narc. And uh, oh, there was an uh, episode. Uh-huh. Of- <laughs> <laughs> There was also there was an episode of Sports Night, that Sorkin show, uh, where there was a speech against DWI type behavior that made four hundred fifty grand. There was a Seventh Heaven episode that got two hundred. Oh yeah, they did heroin in their toes, right? On that episode of Seventh Heaven, <laughs> it was in it. The dad did it in his dick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to see this price list. Like, what does it go up to? <laughs> you show somebody free basin, we'll give you a million dollars if you say it's wrong. <laughs> then in the middle, it's just got Jessica Biel topless. Like, what? Why is that there? <laughs> we can't. We can't explain why the CIA needs this. <laughs> it's for our security of our country. But two million dollars if yeah. you get it. Yeah, two million <laughs> if the dad kisses the son. <laughs> and yeah, then there was uh, ER did several episodes that added up to 1.4 million dollars of money for just doing enough plot lines that were against drugs. And so there was there was just this wave of all of the major networks just selling out these stories. I like that was total. To, so yeah. they had like multiple, like there was like, oh, one day we'll do like a B story about weed and then yeah. another <laughs> time we'll do a full A story. <laughs> yeah. And so that was, uh, I mean, all of us probably watched episodes throughout those couple of years of, of TV that was basically written by the anti-drug office of the government. Yeah. 
Probably so we'd all watch it and go, man, we need more private prisons. <laughs> How are we going to lock up all these drug users if we don't get more prisons? Yeah. This <laughs> is a yeah. very pressing issue. This is a weird question to ask, but yeah, why did the CIA care if people did drugs? Yeah, because I've well, always associated the CIA with selling drugs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so this was, it was the, the Office of National Drug Control Policy. So, so that means they must have been getting paid. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. But they, yeah, so somebody was paying them because they have all this money that they can use. Yeah, they had tons. They had an enormous budget. Well, because our drug policies have always been uh, strict, but I think in the 90s especially, it was such a cultural wave of we just have to do something about this. We got to stop it. We got to stop these drugs and these kids. Yeah. Yeah. Very dare era. More kids than anything we got to stop. This is before Molly when drugs are cool. Yeah. (laughs) Weed was starting to get cool around then if you listen to the right music. We've, we've found all these different things that the government wanted done in shows. So much of it is uh, saving face almost more than more than doing something nefarious. Is yeah, this, it's not like trying to change our minds or anything. It's just yeah. like trying to stop what we already know about. Which, <laughs> call me crazy. Public perception. Yeah. Feels like both a huge overreach by the government and a big waste of taxpayer money. I don't know about you guys, but I almost come away from this feeling sorry for the government that they feel the need to do this stuff and bother, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. I, and I want my money back. But but right. mainly, you know. It all feels oh, a little bit guys. like they're like, could the guy from the CIA be like cooler and tougher? <laughs> yeah. And I don't right. want I don't want the CIA spending money on that. Isn't there yeah. a South American government they could be toppling right now? <laughs> no, get that out of your script. Get that out of your script. Get that out of your script. <laughs> what if what if this podcast episode releases with a bunch of blank spaces? Where <laughs> redactions all over. Yeah. <laughs> Folks, that is the episode for this week. My thanks to Adam Todd Brown and Nick Wagner for delving into the sordid, sneaky past of the government doing very specific line edits in Marvel movies that they didn't really need to do. Uh, It's such a weird, fun world that we live in where that's going on. And in our food notes, you will find the cracked articles that we drew on for these movie changes. One of the main ones is called 12 Weird Changes the Government Asked Famous Movies to Make by Ryan Menezes, which is just an excellent rundown of all kinds of strange things that went into movies and shows. Also, full details on those anti-drug TV shows are in Five Creepy Changes the Government Forced on Movies and TV Shows by Henrik Magnuson, Blair Dodge, and Ray McBride. That gets into how a couple of years of network television that that you probably watched were anti-drug because they were paid to be and because tech was doing really well and they wanted the ad slots back. I still can't get over that. And along with those sources, probably our number one source for other things here was that Atlantic article by Nicholas Shou, S-C-H-O-U. It's called How the CIA Hoodwinked Hollywood. And it is it is a really Affleck-centric dive into uh, exactly how the government uh, makes movies and TV the way they want them to be. Also, be sure to find Adam and Nick uh, doing their comedy and things elsewhere. Nick is a writer on American Dad on TBS. We have a link for you to check out when the next episode of that show is airing. It's on TV and everything. And it's if you like jokes about the CIA, I think that's the show for you. Uh, It's about a CIA agent and his family. Isn't that exciting? Yes. And of course, you know Adam Todd Brown, longtime Cracked writer, and now doing his Unpopular Opinion podcast network. So many shows for you to hear, and there's a link there to check out that whole network. Uh, Isn't he the best? I hope you'll look it up. 
And beyond that and those sources, our theme music is Chicago Falcon by the Budos Band. This episode was engineered by Jordan Duffy and edited by Chris Souza. If you love this episode, that's great. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or or wherever you listen to the show. Uh, those algorithms are weirdly important to shows being able to exist. And so if you have the time to just for free, leave us a free positive review. Uh, that helps a lot. And it shows the show to other people without you having to ask them. You know, it's very easy. And of course, flip side, if you hated this show, let me know about it on social media. That's right, social media. A thing I have kind of a weird tip about for you. The CIA Twitter account is interesting. I don't want to endorse it or, or tell you it's good, but about every other post is a picture of something from their museum, like old spy gear. And I mean, they're kind of interesting, man. I don't know. Of, of the Twitter accounts out there, not too bad. Uh, so how about that? Anyway, I swear I wasn't paid or, or cajoled into, into saying that. It's just out there. My own regular Twitter account is at Alex Schmitty. My Instagram is at Alex Schmitzstagram. And I'm on the wider internet at my website, alexschmitty.com. That's got my show dates, my fun email newsletter of free internet stuff tips, and so much more. And I'm here to say we will be back next week with more Cracked Podcast. So how about that? Talk to you then. This has been an Earwolf production, executive produced by Scott Ackerman, Chris Bannon, and Colin Anderson. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com. Earwolf.